Coming up on Novell Open Audio, Aaron sits down with a psychologist to talk about one-click install and YAST improvements. Welcome to Novell Open Audio, the podcast that connects the Novell user community with what's going on inside and around the Novell universe. I'm David Mayer. I'm Randy Goddard. And I'm Aaron Quill. Now, Aaron, you've been traveling and having some fun. Uh, yeah, I got a chance when I was over in Nuremberg to sit down and talk with the guys who do the YAS development because YAS updates are one of the huge things that came out in 10.3 talk about all the cool YAST improvements that they put in 10.3 that make YAST operate a lot faster. When you go launch it, it comes up very quickly. It kind of builds this big cache and index of all the files. So everything is just a lot faster. Awesome. Do we need to roll the interview at all, or did you just give us everything I pretty much need? covered it all, so if you want, you can skip past the interview. Otherwise, go ahead and listen to the interview with the guys from YAST. Hi, this is Aaron. Martin's uh, sitting with me talking to Tomas about package management and some of the YAST updates that we've done in 10.3. Good morning, Thomas. Good morning. What do you normally do for us? My job is that I work on the OpenSUSE updater, so I get contact to Super and a little bit about Libsyp. Okay. Can we step back a couple releases and just talk about what's happened with package management, maybe since like 10.1 or so? Uh, package management in... 10.1 wasn't really good. Okay. <laughs> That's a polite way of putting That's it. That's a very polite, yeah. <laughs> we had some problems with ZMD. Okay. And tried to solve them in 10.2. And now we're going to 10.3 and we want to make it faster. Okay. By faster, you mean like when I uh, wake up the updater so it comes online very, very quickly? Yes. Excellent. So how have you sped that up? Because I know one of the problems that I've had in the past is when I bring up the updater or launch YAS to go add new applications, it seems like it's got to go out and check every single repository that it knows about before it'll let me start to interact with it. Uh, these improvements to make it faster are that we are using now a database and use pre-parsed metadata. Okay. So the metadata has not to be parsed every time you do such a task, and that's a very improvement to make it faster. So it's kind of like a cache then? Yes. It has local? It's a cache. And then how often does it go out and update that cache from the repositories? It updates the cache every refresh. What other improvements have we done in this release? One improvement compared to 10.1, for example, is that you don't have to download all the metadata every time you want to install a package, so it has to refresh the metadata. So it will check if the metadata is up to date, and if it's up to date, you don't have to download, you don't have to pass it, you don't have to start into the database. So this is a big improvement. Okay. We have better usability, we have better progress handling, so the user uh, knows what's going on, and adding repos is much more easy. If you want to add a repository, it can be done by copying one file to a di directory. Oh, cool. Oh, this is cool. So you can set up your machine without using the YAST interface. You just copy the file over it. Yeah, for system administrators, that's a good solution. This is uh, And the nice. traditional solutions with user interfaces do work too. Oh, that's cool. Is it an XML document that contains a URL? It's a configuration file. Okay. 
So it's just a straight config file, and if I update that config file, which is actually real neat because there are several different ways to automate that on all of my computers in the office if I want to. Right. Oh, this is really cool. a big advantage. So I have several computers at home and also in the office, and I always use the same repositories. For example, I mirror all the distribution on my home server, so I have to set up all my laptops and have to, to configure it with Yast or Smart, whatever I use, so I just can configure it on one machine and copy it over. This is really, really nice. Thanks. Cool. Do we support mirrors also within the mirrored repositories? And we changed a little bit the, the download structure of the server, so the mirror handling is much, much better because uh, we have a redirector working. Um, so we try to make sure that you have always the fastest mirror server you can get, so we try with the ping times and stuff like that. And since the last release and we, when we introduced uh, the redirector, I guess it's pretty fast. I had no complaints about it. slow. And before it was slow because you have a list and, or try to choose the server and it was not always the fastest or even before we had a list where you have to choose a server and this was also not that good. So with a new redirector it's much, much better. Oh, very cool. And we have another improvement. We need less memory. Oh, okay. That's done by not reading all attributes from the metadata to the memory. Only some uh, attributes that we need are all time in the memory and other information is loaded on demand from the cache. So it's more like maybe in memory we load the package name and maybe the package description, so it's easy to sort and find the type of application you're yeah. looking for. And then only when I actually go and select that will it load the rest of the stuff in memory? Correct. Oh, very cool. And you really need that if you want to integrate the, the open source uh, tree from the FTP server. It's a lot of packages. And um, if you really uh, have it as an installation repository, it takes some time to download it and to pass it and stuff like this. So this is an improvement that we don't have to pass everything every time. Oh, that's cool. Especially some of these large repositories right. might have, you know, 10 plus thousand different right. packages on them. Exactly. That's the goal behind that. What about the GTK updater? Josh is working on an updater for GNOME, for GTK. And when we try to develop it, we try to do it similar to the KDE updater or try to make them similar to each other. So the user can choose KDE or GNOME and has a similar look and feel. Oh, very cool. And then we had an improvement with the OpenSUSE updater. Uh, now it uses Super and doesn't call Yast anymore. So you can select packages and don't have to use more clicks than before. Before you had a list and saw that uh, you have 20 updates. Uh -huh. And then you had to call Yast and select some. Now you can select them each you want to install and do it with an OpenSUSE updater. Without oh, so right from the updater, I can yes. select new applications? Without use call. Yes, with, without calling Yast. Without calling Yast and then going in to install new software and all that. Yeah. Oh, very cool. And then I can also, I'm sure I can search my repositories and everything right from that user interface? Now you can search. You will see which updates are available for your machine. Oh, okay. And then do I have the ability to select which updates I want yeah, and which ones I don't? Okay. You can pre-select all recommended and security updates, or you can uh, additionally install uh, optional updates. Oh, excellent. That's nice to give that control right there in the updater. Yeah. Excellent. Thomas and Martin, thanks a lot for uh, sitting down with me today. Thanks. Thanks. Aaron, that was a great interview with Thomas and Martin. You know, thanks for doing that. 
Yeah, that worked out real cool. What was also neat is I got a chance right after recording this to sit down and talk to the guys who work on the one-click install. Now, have you guys seen this one-click install at all? No, but I can't help thinking one-click deployment would be a greater acronym. (laughs) Yeah, because actually when you listen to the interview at the very beginning, when they tell me we're going to talk about one-click install, I get all excited because I think it's like a one-click install of the entire OS. And it turns out, no, it's actually kind of cooler than that. It's one-click install to add additional packages. I've seen this, actually. I used a website not long after I installed 10.3. And someone led me to a link for something I needed to install. You click there and up comes the installer and you don't have to do anything special straight from a website installed into your Sweet. In fact, when you say don't do anything special, you really have to think about what this is doing. When you click on that and you say, in fact, this is how you add the ATI proprietary drivers to your system. You click on the ATI button. It actually goes, talks to your YAST backend, goes ahead and sets up a new repository for where those files are, and then goes ahead, figures out what you need, downloads it, and sets it up. It really is a one-click install to add a a new package. So let's go ahead and uh, listen to their description of this. Today I'm in Nuremberg talking to Adrian and Martin about the new one-click install that's in 10.3. Good morning, guys. Morning. Morning, Adrian. Adrian, one-click install. What is it? I mean, obviously, it's a single-click install, but can you kind of tell me uh, an overview of what it does? Right. It's invented by Benjamin Weber. He created a Yast module in the end, which can handle a file which is hosted on any web server. So if you click on such a file in any browser of OpenSUSE 10.3, you will get automatically start a Yast module, which shows you what it wants to install, what it needs to request from the network, and what uh, it provides. So you can really start an installation and the complete process with one mouse click. You do not need to add manually any software repositories. You do not select package sets and so on. You click on one thing described nicely on some web page, and the installation is about to start. Of course, afterwards, you still have to enter your root password, so there's no lack of security. So you still have the full security, and you can decide beforehand if you really want to install it or not. Okay, how does it handle partitioning and such? It's, it's not in for installing a complete system. It's designed to install additional software. Uh-huh. Either one single package in an easy way, so you install a driver or a single package, but also larger stuff. So, for example, we have a complete KDE4 set. need to provide a list of packages for that. And the user can really install with one mouse click a complete solution stack and is in a nice graphical way. Oh, so that's very cool. So if I've got a new application that I've written, I can set up my web page for my application in such a way that anyone that's running 10.3, after they read about how cool this app is, they just literally click on that one button and everything's taken care of for them, That's right. right. And we integrated it also in the OpenSUSE build service. So the OpenSUSE build service where everybody can go and upload sources and build packages, it automatically creates also these files, these YMP files, And really every package from the build service is automatically installable via one mouse click. Oh, cool. That's another good reason for people to start to build their packages on the build server. Yeah. And additionally, the build service got also the pattern handling. Patterns are lists of packages. So what you can do is you can provide a, a really large and complex solution stack which covers multiple repositories, lots of packages, and it's one file that 
packager can upload this one single file, he sets up a project, uploads the file, and he gets automatically created the matching YMP files. Okay, and does it require that my application is hosted on AutoBuilder, or I can have it on my own site? The build service makes it really easy to to create these files automatically, but you can also write uh, these kinds of XML files on your own and host it on any server where you like. Okay, and then as you mentioned before, it will add the repository properly so that people yes. are getting all the dependencies they need. So as the well dependencies, as the build service really checks that not only the one repositories added, but all needed repositories. So there could be multiple repositories needed, but all this is under the hood and handled automatically with a one-click installation. Oh, cool, because that actually fixes a, another thing that I've always wanted to have happen, which is, you know, as soon as I get done installing a copy of OpenSUSE, the first thing I've got to do is I go in and I add all of the additional repositories that I normally use. So now finally, as a side note, I'll be able to just add those repositories just by simply clicking on a couple right. things, right? You can still see it, what kind of repositories get added, but you don't need to care at all about them anymore. Excellent. Okay, the nice thing is also that it is an option for packages which are not in the build service. So, for example, in the build service, we have only open source software. So we have no Skype in it, we have no Flash Player in it, of course, because it's not open source software. But what they can do now, the vendors, they can do it also on the homepage, on the web page. They can add a button and install Skype with one click. So this is pretty, pretty nice. And this is really what a user wants, because especially proprietary software, it's, sometimes it's not that easy to install it because you have only a tar GZ or something like that. You have some other stuff you need, some libraries, which are not included in the distribution. So it's much easier for the user to install new programs, even proprietary, when they use the system. Oh, very neat. So there's a, I assume then, is there a small client that's built in, in OpenSUSE automatically that handles this? Right. There's a Yast client. It's a addition module for Yast. And the good thing also is that this all uses standard technology as a backend base. So unlike other solutions with one-click installation, you do not need to provide a special software package. This is still classic package repositories like Yast repositories, uh, Hume repositories, and these get reused in, for an easy way, but it's still standard technology behind it. Yeah, so it's not that we came up with a new package manager or anything exactly. like that. We're using the existing package managers that are already out yeah. there. We've just created, well, you mentioned earlier it was an XML file that really yes. defines all this stuff. So really we just built a client-side application or someone built a client-side application that reads that XML file and then does whatever needs to be done, set up the repositories and download the proper files. It could be easily integrated in any other packager additionally. If someone is really interested into integrating it into Smart, it would be not hard to implement it there. Excellent. And the nice thing, of course, we have uh, very good documentation on the OpenSUSE wiki. If you search for one-click install, you will find documentation, how the XML file is uh, made and with examples and stuff like this. So if you're interested in this topic, you will find a lot of documentation on the web page. Excellent. And we'll go ahead and get a link to that page in this right. episode. Yeah. And a uh, nice thing is I was, two days ago, I made a small press tour, visited some magazines, some Linux magazines, but also usual PC magazines, and I showed the features of one-click install, and everybody was so sad, wow, this is really what the Linux need. They don't want to copy and paste an URL, and this is the right repository, oh, I need this packages, there are dependencies, so you just click on the package you want to install, and it's there, and everybody liked it. Excellent. The nice thing about the one-click install is it's an open system. You can install it on nearly every web page if you want. And I hope the guys from the well-known page, I will do it also with a one-click install. This would be really nice, yes. Excellent. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Okay, thanks. Thank you.
Well, thanks to Martin and Adrian for joining Aaron on that one. I think there's a couple of extra things you want to say, Aaron. Yeah, uh, a couple updates that I got from Martin. One, we actually have made this retroactively available for 10.2. So you can go update your YAST for 10.2 so that one-click install will work if you've got 10.2 deployed and you don't want to upgrade Very to 10.3 nice. yet. Yeah. Gotta love modular code. Yeah. The other thing that, that Martin really wanted to stress, and I'm really glad that he mentioned this to me, is the fact that we didn't write the code. And that that's really the beauty of this. This was totally done by someone out in the community, and it's not like it's a hack job at all. This was very, very well thought out, well planned, well organized, and very, very well coordinated. And I just want to point out that this is what's so cool about having an open source distro, that, yeah, we're working on all these cool things, but at the same time, we've got a community out there that's helping us along, and when they see a problem, they're jumping at it and fixing it and fixing it right the first time. That's so impressive. Thanks a lot it. to the community for giving us one-click install. It really is one of my favorite features in 10.3. Having used it, I totally agree. Excellent. Thanks for listening to Novell Open Audio. We'll see you next time. Remember that Novell Open Audio is brought to you by Novell Users International, as well as Novell Incorporated. Most of our content is directed by our listener community, so please send us your feedback by email at openaudio at novell.com or by leaving comments on our website at novell.com slash openaudio. That's it for this time. Have a good one. <laughs>